Excuse everyone. You're obviously confused in the rattle. turning us on and go polish your nozzle but first you're listening to slurmcast a podcast for no raisin today we'll be discussing season 10 episode 5 the inhuman torch my name is michelle burlingame not with me are tommy roulette how's it going pete woodward that's me and our guest today jeff lang hello good to be back welcome Welcome back welcome i i don't know if you'd want to talk about this at the beginning or at the end and we can always revisit but having finally released public access 3000 out into the world on youtube i i was following along with your your episodes i really enjoyed it you guys accomplished some crazy shit thank you i appreciate that yeah we put we certainly put a lot into it Mm -hmm. haven't got much out of it but you know that's how it goes (laughs) well that's that's you just described my entire artistic career (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't the plan to uh, release it like this, but uh, I think most people aren't doing anything according to the plan this past couple months. So I, uh, mm-hmm. when when everyone started locking down, we were like, "Eh, there's we can we can put this out here for now." And who knows, we might take it off and try and go back to the original plan of like shopping it around a little bit more. more. But right, while we were you know confused enough with how to do that to begin with then the whole landscape changes and it's like, eh, let's just go back to doing some internet stuff. And you probably got to release it on TikTok now to get noticed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's a point where like the things you have to do, all just make me go like, eh, count me out. Maybe that's not my jam after all. Yeah. That's, that sounds like work. <laughs> um, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this episode. This was a pretty good one. I thought. I laughed a bunch in this episode. Yeah, yeah. There's beautiful Zoidberg. Um, yeah. You know, the, the little bit of Zoidberg that was in it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and then when they do those outer space graphics with stars and stuff, like those always look super cool. Like the sun looked amazing. I was well, impressed yeah. by some of that. I mean, I, I don't know what, I can't remember what episode it was that I was on previously, but that was way back. And I, we mm-hmm. covered in that one that it's, I don't really watch the show or keep up with it and know too much about it uh i was definitely wowed with some of the animation stuff going on this time like they they definitely upped the uh, production value yeah for sure they had that sweet sweet comedy central money yeah. and they could they could do swears and and show leela and amy in their <laughs> underwear <laughs> um the, the one thing i was wondering about though is like as the zoom was like going in on the sun what the hell was flying out of it I didn't there, were like, there were like there were like black yeah. rocks shooting out of the sun as you approached. Hmm. I don't know. It, I don't it, know. It was weird, but um, I I don't know. Like I I'm guessing that this occurred around the time that the miners got trapped in Australia or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. 2013. Um, probably that sounds about right. Um, the Chilean miners. Oh yeah, them too. It sounds like if you're in in the mining business, it can be pretty fucking dangerous. It's yeah, it's always been the case. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's. Uh... I actually have a, a cousin who's a West Virginia coal miner. I don't know if he still does it, but yeah. So the Chilean the Chilean miner incident was 2010. So this would have been 
just close enough to that for people to still remember it and be talking about it, but just far enough so that, you know, they had to animate some shit and it wasn't really as topical as it should have been. Right. <laughs> maybe there was something else closer to, I feel when, when they were doing yeah. that story, I was like, oh, it's one of these. I've heard a, a mm -hmm. few of, you know, those stories, so. Is there yeah. still a helium shortage? I've been talking about that with people a couple times lately. Like my understanding is like, we just kind of put all the helium we had in balloons and now it's a fucking problem. So the fact that they were at, like at the, the sun or, you know, the moon, as Zap says it, it's called at night <laughs> and, and sucking down this birthday grade helium straight yeah. out of the sun. Like, like, you know, that's like, cause that's like the only place that it gets created is in nuclear fission, uh, fusion when the when the hydrogen when the hydrogens and the, and the hydrogens get shoved together to make the heliums, I mean, I I don't know. I just I remember like lots of places scale back. Like Dollar Tree still has it, but for all you know, they're putting like you know fake helium in it. I don't know what's mm -hmm. flam flammable and light, or but you know it's, it's not birthday grade, is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like office retirement grade. Wow, Carol! Like helium shortage recently. Like that's that. that's what I'm asking about. Is yeah. it still the case, or did they somehow so. find? Yeah. Did they find new helium reserves like melting out of the polar ice caps or some shit? I don't know. Well, according to a June 5th article on PhysicsToday.Citation.org, the helium shortage sort the helium shortage has ended at least for now. Ooh. Uh, the current supply situation is between ample and plentiful, unlike last year when some <laughs> scientists were forced to shut down their superconducting magnets for a lack of helium. Wow, interesting. I, I just love that they, they use, it's it's somewhere between ample and plentiful. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> fuck off, physics today. <laughs> um, and of course, like, Zap just totally fucks up, turns off the force field, the thing collapses but you know the everything that came after that like morbo's sunny with a chance of tragedy graphic mm -hmm. and and uh, you know talking about how it's a suicide mission and the professor obviously volunteering them for it right away yeah i like how they're watching the news coverage and leela's like painting her toenails yeah. and then the professor you know they the tv says Officials concede that any attempt at rescue would be an agonizing suicide mission. And then immediately the professor goes, good news, everyone. And Leela right. just goes, ugh. <laughs> like, she just knows. It was nice. It yeah. was understated, too. It was just that sign. You got the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> also, she has four toes, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Don't, don't they all have? Yeah, I think Simpsons. the cartoon has four yeah. digits. It's, like, it's in Simpsons Green, biology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless you're God, man, and then you get all five. That's right. Um, I it, like just the, the professor wanting to send them because he has some kind of crazy spray that'll cover you up. Yeah, you know whatever. But Fry, Fry is like fearful. Won't that sear our tender flesh and seal in our juices? It was just <laughs> that was beautiful. But that whole redirect when he was testing out his his spray on Zoidberg and like just, you know, knocked it, knocked the cone out of his hand, sprays him down. And you, you know, I, and you thought I, that was a really good misdirect where he, he I thought he was going to spray the cone. 
right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it does yeah, there's some comedy too, gold right? there for sure that's a that's just a classic setup yeah I, I i knew that was gonna happen the second that he took away the ice cream cone i was like oh yeah he's gonna spray zoidberg and not the ice cream cone i'm not stupid i've seen cartoons before <laughs> <laughs> but classic none, but it still works yeah. none that have none that have confirmed confirmed that hell is real though uh, but that was the best line in the entire episode i think guess what hell is real (laughs) just it was beautiful i mean so you know that leads them into going up to the sun they spray the ship with the professor's spray they spray themselves with the professor's spray but they're wearing goggles to protect their eyes obviously you can't protect your eyes but if they opened their mouths wouldn't that fucking burn them the shit up too Mm, yeah probably i mean that would like (laughs) We're, we're back at my disbelief of cartoon logic at this point, but it was, it was like, come on, there's got, they could put on a little breathers or something. Um, I was, I was sweating that a little bit too when they were spraying. I was like, hope you don't miss a spot. I kept, yeah. I, I, my brain right. went to the logic of it as well, necessarily. <laughs> because clearly, like, as it, uh, you know, as people who are living in an inferno right now, you got to stay covered and you got to be safe, you know? And like the, the, the whole thing with them, like, you know, going in and out and only getting so far. And they're like, why didn't they just send Bender in in the first place? Actually, I got a bunch of questions about that. But, you know, I love hearing fake elf helium voices when they're, they're in Singing Camtown races? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that would, you know, that, it reminds me of like the Neptunian elves and stuff when they go to visit the Santa Claus robot, mm-hmm. you know? Just just hearing people talk in like lollipop guild voices is deeply disturbing, but but enjoyable. But funny. Hopefully. Um but the uh the the <laughs> just just that whole I mean, I guess the one shortcoming I had even with the episode was just that that whole rescue sequence was taking so long. Um when really there was like, you know, there's more coming after that, but like they kind of drug it out, like Bender going in, Bender going out before he's even rescuing people, just like, oh, I'll do it. Nah, never mind. And then like leaving, mm-hmm. coming back, Fry and Leela not making any progress. But, you know, the, the whole thing comes down to Bender accidentally rescues a minor because he crawled inside his magic chest cavity. But then he's like, I got to go back 15 times. No, he didn't. He only had to go back one time and put them all in his magic chest cavity. That's true. Which you've already I established his magic. So it's a Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. 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 Or like, Hermione so Granger bag. Is that I the thought, update of it now? Yeah. I thought if it, he had to do it 14 more times because the first time he only brought one person out. So he had to make it look like that wasn't an accident and he had to like stay a hero. So he had to make it look like he had to do one person at a time. Otherwise Michelle. he would have brought everybody all out at the oh, same time. There's some I'm, good logic there. Come on. I know. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you figured that out. I, I mean, it was just, you know, he's it, at, at times there have been episodes where he's contained the entire contents of a swimming pool plus several children mm-hmm. inside his chest. So for, I mean, I'm sure some smelly miners could get in there. He had like a whole orphanage living in his chest cavity at one point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did sort of establish the setup too, that 
they said you're gonna have to go back 15 times so they frame it like that's their understanding of it and so he has yeah. to play along with that i think you're, you're right on that one michelle yeah who will it be next <laughs> Celebrity i started chef. thinking about how he organized that was there a lottery did they go by birthday and how did that happen uh-huh. how do you pick yeah well i mean it didn't i mean other than the fact that they were inside the sun it didn't seem that they were in terrible danger other than that they couldn't get out. You know, mm-hmm. like it wasn't like- There's no I, escalating stakes. Right, I mean, you're already inside the fucking sun. Like it can't get much worse than that, but but what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the, the timing of it as well while I was watching it. I've been on kind of a movie wavelength just in general. I, I don't watch too many, you know, 22 minute shows. Yeah. Uh, the whole you know getting towards the inciting incident of this episode which is like bender accidentally becoming a, a hero i was watching the whole setup i was thinking about like how long do these things usually take because you know it's like 17 minutes in a in a movie before you get to that point right but you, you certainly don't have that kind of time with this and i i, I found myself thinking about that and wondering if it was taking a little longer than usual for this format and i, I mean honestly it probably just seemed longer than it was because I don't, I mean, it was probably at most about eight minutes from beginning to the part where they get the medal. I would say at most, yeah, that's some precious screen time. I mean, these these things move. Break. You know, with uh, with Mayor Poopenmeyer, <laughs> I'm always happy to see him. But the fact that you know, it's just so they're like, you're all heroes, but let's pay attention to the main guy. Yeah. You know, and then the whole medal thing, but like. I had, I had assumed from the title that it would be somebody turning into like some kind of a fire starter, um, you know, Drew Barrymore style. Well, there was, and we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, there were, uh, there was an alien race of sun people. Yes. So I guess those people were technically torch people. I don't know. Inhuman torches. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, has anybody i because i haven't seen it but is there you know the the memes you're not i'm not crying you're crying has anybody mm-hmm. like i don't have a parasite in my eye you have a parasite in my eye I'm not crying i have a parasite in my eye just, just seeing <laughs> just seeing morbo express you know relief as an emotion that was was gratifying as a person <laughs> you know, he's, yeah so he's, they're at the uh the, the metal ceremony and a fire breaks out <laughs> at the the metal ceremony for them putting out the fire <laughs> and the and, podium and, yeah and the po- yeah the, the podium and then the, <laughs> the the woman in the audience who yells my baby's in that podium <laughs> that was perfect i wrote that one down too that was one of the big laughs for me yes. well and and even with randy um you know calling it out you know, we got a little Randy cameo. Mm-hmm. I think we have a Randy cameo in like the next episode too, or possibly really? the next. Two. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Randy this season. Um, it, it, the only thing I could think of, and it's just because of the way that you said it, was when you said medal ceremony. I know you're talking about like we're mm-hmm. giving them a medal, but I'm thinking about like a heavy medal ceremony. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty great. Like kind of like kind of like the pagan ritual uh-huh. in dragnets with lots of like loud music and pills and goat masks and goat skin pants and smelly guys hopping around uh it just I, we should look at creating those somehow mm-hmm. especially now or is that just especially when norwegians 
Is that when Norwegians burn down a church? Maybe that's just a metal ceremony. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds about right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, you know, they, they, they think of everything first. Well, they, there was no fire department to call to put the fire out on the podium because there was the, the fire department was sold to pay for vendor's metal. Where did they Which, sell it to? Who did yeah, and that's what to? I was going to ask is who, who bought the fire department and why? <laughs> I mean, it could have been the Saudis. It could have, you know, like, or the, you know, those, those countries that buy up U.S. surplus military gear or, or, or countries that the municipal police departments that buy up surplus military mm -hmm. gear. Um, I it just made me think that like, that must be one expensive ass metal. Like, what was that shit made out of? To or be... was it a cheap fire department? Well, true. True. <laughs> true. They, they clearly Very seem true. dispensable. Uh, but, you know, going going back to uh, you know, sort of the Futurama's uh, predictive nature, like, it's, it's almost making that argument. They're like, well, we didn't have any fires, so we got rid of the fire department. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's... That's America 2020 right now. We don't. I don't have it, so I don't need it. Ugh. Just, just a. I, uh, I I've got to find a way to unplug my brain from everything. Maybe a hammer. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll do it. <laughs> oh. I've had to turn off my news alerts in the morning because I usually my my Amazon Echo just plays like CNN and and AP and writers and BBC World Service every morning and I hear the news instead of like an alarm clock and I've had to turn that off and go back to an alarm clock because listening to all of the coronavirus numbers at seven o'clock in the morning first thing uh, in the day is just really not a great way to start the day and just right. the brain piercing beep is much better yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> yes actually I yeah I'm kind of excited. I don't really have to turn on an alarm for a week now. And I'm, yeah, like, me too. I know I'm going to go crazy. Like, don't get me wrong. By about day four, I'm going to be losing my shit. But mm. I'm real excited because I, I haven't really taken a whole lot of days off this year either. I had a, had a couple where I was forced to early on in the quarantine. But like, mm -hmm. th this is my first contiguous break longer than like three days in years. Yeah. And I can't do anything <laughs> fuck yeah um yeah uh, maybe you could have alexa wake you up with farting did you know that she'll do that no i i did not <laughs> it's it's i i forget where i learned about it but it's pretty great she has a library she's like that was an eggy one this one's beefy here's a wet one what and it, yeah yeah just just ask her to fart that that's it i don't have to like install anything no Let's see, I, Alexa, fart. Okay, here's big fart. <laughs> that was a very uncomfortable one. <laughs> Try asking me for a big fart, or say random. Random. That was a very eggy one. Try asking me for a gassy fart, or say random. Gassy fart. Here comes a gassy fart. Try asking me for a springy fart. Or say random. What's a springy fart? Here comes a springy fart. 
<laughs> little bouncy. I, I get it. That's great. Uh, okay, that's enough. The this future. is podcasting gold. Like podcasting gold. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's. It, I it's mean, still like. Going. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Yeah, you got you got to yeah. shut it down. But it's uh, she ends up with an okie dokie. Yeah. Do I want to rate big fart? Stop talking. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, this is great. This is a great episode. Um, what what did Poopenmeyer say? That it, it led up to him saying to Leela, like, "And you, ma'am, must have heroin in your veins." I like, don't think what it was her. I I felt like he was talking to the woman that had the baby in the podium. Really? Even he gestured to Leela. That's how I took it. Oh, like she had left her baby in there because yeah. she was all like messed <laughs> up. I don't know if that was the intended joke, but that's how I took that. Yeah, he said that the they all had hero in their bones. So mm. you, man, must have heroin in your veins. Gotcha. That's uh. Or or he was talking to Leela, saying that because they're heroes, she's a heroine. So yeah, she it was just the pun of that. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. But I like and, the fact and, that he was saying that the woman that had the baby in the podium is on here. <laughs> My baby's in that podium. I mean, you can't be a hero putting out a fire unless there's a baby getting saved. It's just you need That's that trope, true. no matter no matter how you get it. Right? They could have just like tapped that fire out with a blanket or something. It's no big deal. But then they're heroes again. They celebrate Bender again, and then like. Of course, Planet Express now becomes a firehouse in, in in addition to being a delivery company. I also feel like this episode started from like a card on the wall that just said like Bender fighting fires question <laughs> mark. Yeah. I was like, wondering about where this pitch came from too. It's it's just it seems like such an oddball. Yes. It could have happened at any point in the season in any season. And I, I feel like it was built around Bender flying like Iron Man with his uh Fire extinguishers. Fire extinguishers. Yeah. Well, I I would think that the the uh, the card must have said Bender causing slash fighting fires or fighting slash causing question mark fires. Like, well, we as we know now, he never he didn't cause them. Right, well, right, as right. We but no, after the after. Watching but the uh, but the way that it comes down afterwards, sort of like like. I feel like it's the plot of another kind of movie, you know, and I'm sure it has been where it's like, oh, the person who's the supposed hero is conspicuously around the same time all of these bad things happen, then eventually gets framed for it and then gets exonerated. Um, I mean, it's basically the Spider-Man story where it's like, hey, how come Peter Parker's never around when Spider-Man's around? (laughs) But he's always getting pictures of him for the Daily Planet. All right, so they the Planet Express is now the firehouse, and they've got fire poles, and Zoidberg is very excited and basically pole dancing on the fire poles, and he says, get ready for one sexy firehouse. <laughs> he's pole dancing really, really well. Like, he was yeah. a pro, and, I mean, I, like, I... Uh, all of the erotic nature of it aside, just yeah. the, the people who could do that stuff well, it's really, um, I, I'm amazed by it, mostly because me keeping my balance on my own two feet is a challenge most of the time. And like, like uh, Stacy, who was in the- uh, Is that because of your height to weight ratio? Probably. Mm. 
I mean, like I was never good on skateboards or skates or anything. It's not like I'm terribly athletic to begin with, but like Stacy that was in the, uh, the, the one video with you for Habs and she was in another one too, but she does like the aerial silk stuff and performs in it. It's just like, mm-hmm. she puts up these videos on her, her feed and it's just like, Jesus Christ, she's 20 feet off the ground and being held up by a piece of fabric. And that's terrifying. And uh, I, I don't, I, I mean, not, you know, fun to watch, but yeah, it's, uh, it's Jeff's sister does now. aerial silks. She sure really? does. Yep. Oh my God. Like, it's just, it's bonkers. I enjoy the physics of it too. Just the way it's like, no, I'm going to twist this shit. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm up 25 feet. It's a, it's a weird one. Cause it's like acrobatics meets knot tying. And they're mm-hmm. like holding themselves up while they're doing these like complicated knot tying things. And if you do it wrong, you could end up like strangling yourself. It's there's, there's. Or braining yourself. Going on with it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can fall or you can fall and get caught in there. Gravity's a bitch. Yep. <laughs> I want to see that mixed with suspension. No. Where they do hooks into their bodies. Yeah. It, it's probably a, a Cirque du Soleil show. I mean, at this point, those, those Montreal clowns do all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> I mean, I, um, that, that thing about the sexy firehouse was right before the, the, thing you said at the beginning of the show with Zoidberg quit turning us on and yeah and go polish, polish your, your nozzle, nozzle. <laughs> I, I just love that it's quit turning us on it's not like a knock it off like there's a there's an acknowledgement yeah. <laughs> of, of the performance of everyone there. Being Ex- exactly <laughs> like yeah he's like look not the time but what you know in due time we'll all sit around and enjoy you do <laughs> your quit erotic dance us on. and he, he really involved his own anatomy there with his with his uh like the what claws, do you call those? mandibles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the tentacles. Like, like dragging those tentacle down the pole a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, which I would imagine would make it slippery. And I don't know if that's part of it. Like, if you're trying to get like a good spin on or something, are you like, oh, you know, just because I would imagine like gymnastics, you'd want to have some chalk or something to. They actually do time. have. They've got pole pole grip. It's like it looks like a deodorant stick that you put on your hands and your feet if you grip your foot. You can put it inside your thighs and stuff. Because, you know, the, the pole spins. You don't spin on the pole. The pole is actually, like, a pole over a pole. And then the outside pole you stick to, and it spins around the inner What? Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that? that spins. <laughs> the Holy pole is what spins. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just had my mind blown. <laughs> Obviously yeah, there'd be some pretty awful like... money, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, obviously and, you've never sold clothing to strippers like I have. I mean, what, I they have to try them out on the pole. Was yeah. the no, I, oh. My only we sold ex- pole grip though. My only experience with strippers and clothing is the opposite transaction where I'm giving them money to remove it. Mm, I see. I, I mean, see. as, as, as is their job, you know, mm-hmm. like that's their profession. So I, it's never worked the other way. And none of them has certainly ever paid me to take anything off that's that's usually like here's a blanket to throw over your head and that whole joke about when you have a whole bunch of singles and people go like oh we're working at a strip club that's really wrong because strippers usually have shit tons of 20s (laughs) like it's generally not ones it's tens and 20s or higher (laughs) like i mean it's 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 lucrative work if you're good at it and mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes you don't even have to be good at it i understand but 
God bless them. Let's let's uh, let's hear it for our erotic dancers. <laughs> um, I I was wondering. Well, there's two parts right in this this same little chunk of scene. Like I felt like this is the part where it picked up and they started cramming in lots of jokey bits. One was when the fire alarm goes off and Fry is just like, "What did they pick a new pope? What?" Yeah, <laughs> like he would know that that's right. how they pick popes. But the um. The, first of all, I think this is the first time we've seen Nibbler in like 20 episodes, but when Leela's painting yeah, him like a cute. Dalmatian, yeah, it was nice. I figured I like, that had to be some sort of I like Dalmatian Nibbler. He's normally sort of penguin-esque, you know, black with a white belly, so they kind of did a little inverse and gave him polka dots, which is not a bad look for most people. <laughs> for a you super know. intelligent alien who orchestrated Fry's freezing Yes, <laughs> he but was like, a very cute Dalmatian. But like sticking his head outside of the truck with his tongue wagon when it's driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, spe- oh, speaking of tongues wagging, yesterday afternoon, I'm sitting on my porch and my neighbors start like yelling up at the roof. And they, like, they're my next door neighbors and I'm friendly with them. So just like, oh, what's going on? What's the commotion? They have raccoons in their roof that have gotten on the on the roof of their house then gone up to an overhang knocked out the siding crawled up into the eaves and made a nest and this this 20 pounder was just kind of hanging out like sticking its head out of the hole basically taunting all of us because we're all looking at it like damn you're bold as shit um and then it i mean it was something else, but I, I you know, for a while, it was just kind of like, ah, with its tongue hanging out at us and stuff. I'm like, you're, you're an asshole. Cause they're in there, they're, they had babies in there. They are clearly having poops and peas in there too, you know? And it's like, and they, they won't, they won't get out. Like, um, I get it. So they called like 20 places trying to find someone to, to come and get them out. And like, that's just something exterminators don't do, apparently, which, again, blows, blew my mind yesterday. Huh. And uh, raccoons have squatters rights. <laughs> that's that what it probably is. Probably rabid. Did you, is that something that Becca learned mm-hmm. at the clinic? Okay. We had a baby raccoon that we held overnight here um, a few weeks ago. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. I saw some it pictures. Cute. It was cute. Yeah. It was cute. Um, did it give anyone rabies? No, it didn't. it didn't. Are you sure? No one touched it. Why? Wouldn't you want to just be like, well, you trash panda? I wore gloves when I picked it up. I did give it a bottle. Oh. I tried to feed it cheese, but he didn't want any because he was too fat. He just, wanted, <laughs> he just wanted sweet, sweet garbage. He just growled a little bit. Nice. And uh, just like kind of hid in a corner. And then some people came and kept picked him up. For pets or for meat? I don't know. I didn't ask questions. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for that raccoon. I feel like that's something Scruffy would do. <laughs> Is that, I'm, I'm uh, here for your coon. Um, th- oh, but he anyway, went, he went to a rescue after they got someone to come out and try and help them and put out a trap. Then the three raccoons are running around on the roof, like really fucking taunting them for three hours. They're just out on the roof, like having a little raccoon party. And they had to give up and then they went to bed. 
and now they're, they're still trying to get it. Like I, I thank God I haven't had to deal with that yet. I've had pigeon infestations before mouse infestations, bee infestations. This is all, this is all in one apartment in Columbus 20 years ago. Current house just used to be infested with cats. Um, but it like, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do when you, you get attacked by wildlife. You have wildlife invaders. That sounds like a reality show. <laughs> wildlife invaders. Yeah. On uh, Fox. <laughs> of course. Or the, <laughs> or the learning channel. My 600 pound wildlife invader on TLC. <laughs> I, you know, I just, well, I just saw some sort of banner ad on Hulu for like my thousand pound life and was like, okay. Mm. Um, you know, like most of those people die. Most of the people who are on those, my 800 pound X or my 600 pound life or whatever. I just, like they, I just saw it when I went to go watch Futurama today on yeah. uh, Hulu. <laughs> like the 600 pound sisters. Like, I mean, to, yeah. to what, be fair. are these reality shows literally every person who was ever on tv is gonna die if they haven't already but i i guess i get you're saying like it happens sooner rather than later with the unfortunate folks that are profiled on these mm -hmm. and um, a lot of the times it just they they have that gastric bypass surgery or whatever the you know the laparoscopic whatever mm -hmm. and then they just like half of them die immediately from having the surgery like and, and a lot of them the one guy died try, he wasn't even trying to lose enough weight like he was too fat to get the surgery to begin with yeah and he wouldn't even lose he couldn't stop eating like he was eating like chur like fried churros and stuff and he had a caseworker that was coming to try to help him lose enough weight to to get the surgery done so that he wouldn't he wouldn't die and then he he just like wouldn't he wouldn't even try to to lose enough weight to get to that point and he just died before they could even schedule a surgery i mean fried churros very are sad really really good though i was just like, I was like Ooh, that sounds really good <laughs> yeah. that was the takeaway michelle that's I that's mean, why he weighed like 900 pounds just that's like 900 that's, pounds can you that's believe a it? lot of fucking churros like that's a well, he also had a, like a, a thin wife who was cooking it all for him and she was making him like pork chops and shit for dinner every night and well, deep fried they, chicken and the way to the man's heart is through his stomach isn't that I what they know. used to say she was i don't know i mean this this might steer it way off base but that almost like just the pathology of that whole relationship seems like I don't know. I, I can't yeah. I can't even unpeel it all after a few drinks and I'm trying to talk about Futurama, but damn. It was a messed up episode. Would you anyway. bank with vampires? <laughs> okay, yes, the blood what's bank. going on with the vampire bankers? <laughs> the blood I don't bank. know. But it wasn't because Bender had his medal in their safe deposit box and he rescued a bunch of valuable money. Yeah, but do you remember when he was in front and he said that... You know, do you guys want chili? Do you want beans or just blood? <laughs> like he was gonna go get blood. He was getting blood from the meadery, which is also somewhere I'd like to go. Uh, Actually, I, I'm going somewhere similar. I'll tell you about it next week. Um, but the, the vampire bank it, that's not this isn't a pre-established thing. This is no, nope. one-off for I this episode. <laughs> okay, I didn't get it. I thought maybe it was some sort of running joke or something. 
No, it was just no. like a complete one. Count Bankula, Vampire Bank, which is wonderful. <laughs> and having and having just finished season two of What We Do in the Shadows, just having him like come up on the roof and be like bat, like fly away. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just it was so good. Um, well, just but- wait, Pete. We're gonna get to the Vampire State Building. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I love it. Is it a joke about like all bankers or bloodsuckers? Like what's what's going on oh my god you missed the pun you might have just uncovered the (laughs) hidden the hidden anti-semitism in oh boy as Um, a banker i take offense (laughs) do do you really i think you've got a lot of black clothing and dark eye makeup michelle Mm -hmm. i just feel like it's a vampire a, a bank where the vampires keep their funds yeah, I think it was just a joke about blood banks. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I actually need to go do that. It's been it's been a while. Rob um, blood bank. Donate to a blood bank. Uh, I did like the little news stories that they did about these fires. Uh, you um, mean from Scoop Chang, New 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 York Magazine kosher recipes editor iPad edition? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like the 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 one news story was like the hero robot rescues valuable money, and then like mm-hmm. I forget what the rest of it was, but it's like they they squashed a, an ironic fire in robot hell. Yes. Yeah, a robot devil had a fire in his trash can. <laughs> it just just beautiful and then you start to see everybody like in their their whole kind of crew thing i mean like seeing leela and amy carrying on like ripley from alien was a thing and actually hermes too like i noticed Mm -hmm. that at one point that hermes and leela had the same outfit on um you know she wore it a little better oh oh i forgot this all the way back at the beginning now that i'm thinking about tank tops we didn't see sal as a worker in the mine, but if there was ever a place that Sal should have been, it should have been on that helium mine, especially when Zap was trying to mess something up. Like, I feel like mm. that was a tailor-made scene for him and there was no Sal. And then there was like a fake Sal later on. True. Yeah, I feel like they could have, that was a missed opportunity to use Sal. Yeah, maybe maybe Sal just has too many jobs, and he was also in a couple episodes ago as the uh, the junkyard guy, mm. and he's usually like a trash man or a truck driver or something like that. I mean, he works on the moon too. I think we we discussed ages ago that he's probably a clone, and there's just Sal's oh, yeah. everywhere because mm-hmm. he's he does seem like omnipresent. Um, the 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 pattern of the fires formed a perfect shape of some sort yes <laughs> which like fry's interpretation was so good and then he just held on to it and i loved it so I, much. I really appreciated that the, 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 it's again just like they're breaking down a trope here a little bit where you, you they're looking up at the board and they're seeing everything and right. Fry calling he's he's just guessing a trope right he doesn't actually yeah. see a shape i don't think he's just going like why well, i make this perfect shape and that was that was great that they call back to it later on mm-hmm. I, I but but then everybody getting sort of like convinced that it's bender and and fry's response of how dare you murmur about bender like that you know yeah I guess, like, because it's just, um, 
I, I, and there was there was a whole discussion about it that was just kind of silly, but they're just like, like Fry's defense was like he would he would be an arsonist for this or this or this or this or this, but never fame and and women. And then he like calls in from the metery about the the, mm-hmm. the what do you want? What do you want? What do you want in your chili? Beans or just blood? Yeah, he says uh, Fry. His actual line about it is, "How dare you murmur about Bender like that? He would never burn something down to get attention. For insurance money, yes. Revenge, you bet. To give an autumn night that crisp chestnutty <laughs> smell, absolutely. <laughs> but not for fame, women or thrills." <laughs> He's like, "I stand corrected." Um, but when Bender was calling them, he was at the meadery, which I feel like really should be. I, when he said I'm at the meat market and he had the two girls on his arms, I thought he meant like a pickup bar, but it was an actual meat store because when Hattie McDaniels gets rescued from the fire that breaks out there immediately, she's like, I was just shoplifting a lamb chop. And then this, this robot saved me. Um, I mean, like, I just, I, I want to go somewhere where it's just, but I, I, you know what this all is? I was supposed to go to Montreal and go to Joe beef in April and that all got canceled. And now whenever anything just triggers that memory, it's just like, I start salivating like a Pavlovian dog. It's just, oh, and then there's this place called the meadery full of lamb chops, apparently so many that they wouldn't miss it. Like I, I want to go to there. Go to Um, to Braza. That's a little I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. The uh, there's a Texas dip Brazil at Crocker Park, but you're missing the point that I don't want to be around fucking people, Tom. There's a pandemic <laughs> going on. Well, just meat. I just want to be around meat. Just like, let me be around meat. Order a bunch of meat on the internet. Oh, and that's then you not put it in your idea. bathtub. You climb in. You're, <laughs> you're surrounded by bathed meat. in meat. Yeah. I want, do you still have those sous vide bags, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Like when you seal the thing in there, is it, you're vacuum packing it, right? Yeah. So like, how long will those preserve if you don't cook them right away? Well, you do, I mean, in a refrigerator or- No, I, like- I, a- I use the same vacuum bags to, um, freeze like when i go to the asian market and i get pork belly i cut it up i get a shit ton of pork belly and then i cut it up into like servings yeah and i i vacuum seal it and put it in my freezer so i'm just like i'm just wondering if you like vacuum sealed like a bunch of steaks could you kind of make like a a beanbag chair out of them no how that would not work it would still go bad it would go bad just as quickly because it's not at optimal temperature, it would just rot you inside just wouldn't of the bag. See it. Wouldn't it be, is it rotting or is it dry aging? I think it would be considered rotting unless you had it in the correct dry, uh, humidity, humidity yeah. and moisture level to dry age it. Well, what, what if you vacuum sealed me in one of those bags? Okay. <laughs> uh, then you'd suffocate and die. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to get some sort of Captain America deal out of this. I mean, you <laughs> might look, you could be like Han Solo and Carbonite. That and too. Just, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, uh, I feel actually someone showed me that once. I apparently there is like, a, you know, a sexy torture device that's a, a latex sort of s- s- sleeve 
that you attach to a bed and then you tie a vacuum to one end and suck all the air out of it. And then the person gets just completely sucked into that and can't move. It's like mm. a, a, va a vacuum restraint device. But I would imagine, this is just me thinking, uh -huh. if somebody's restrained in that thing, like there's really not gonna be any, you know, how's the journey song go like touching, feeling? kissing squealing whatever like it's not gonna be yeah there's just not gonna be a lot of that if somebody's like bound in a, a latex sheet and sucked dry with vacuum power yeah just i've got imagine the foreplay hooking up the uh shop vac to like vacuum seal look, look, your I, in there. I have become intimately familiar with my shop vac over the last few weeks in maintaining the monstrous inflatable pool I put in my backyard. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I, I'm the bottom tier of it has collapsed and will not, it'll reinflate and then it just all comes out slowly overnight. So I have to move on to my backup pool now um, hmm. because I spent so much on accessories for the first pool that now. I was going to say, you like, you bought like an actual chlorine floater for your $100 baby pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the baby pool, the pool, the first pool was twenty five dollars. Mm -hmm. The cover becomes necessary because shit falls out of the sky and out of trees and birds' asses and stuff. It's like I can scoop it out, but it's just easier if I don't have to. Chlorine floater was five bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like most of like the 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 big pieces. I found a, a pool vacuum that hooks onto your hose for 20 bucks on Amazon and that motherfucker works great. So you, you know, especially when you got like kids jumping in and out of the pool and stuff, you got like hair and silt and grass and it all sinks down and it just, it just looks like, you know, silty and gross. That thing will clean it right up. It's amazing. Hmm. But, um, but I use my shop back to inflate it. So that's become part of that whole, like, thing what i'm gonna do after this this holiday weekend swap out the dying pool which i've named moby dick then i got to put the new pool up which i've already decided to call pulio iglesias and mm -hmm. then then i'm going to reinflate moby dick without water and try and locate the leak and patch it and then i've got two pools and, and in a quarantine summer that shit is fucking gold you take a six pack of white claws throw them in the water, they float. You just get in there, relax, fish a drink out of the soup, drink it, throw it over the side, fish out another one and repeat. It's, it's just living. It really is. <laughs> Can't recommend it highly enough. Does sound pretty good. I, I'm, I'm really like, I'm not, I'm not regretting any dollar that has been spent on poolage this summer so far because it's it's been delightful um after they firebender though because they can't have an arsonist on the crew they can have four idiots and a fat guy but no <laughs> arsonists um there's the reveal that he has flamo and i don't think he's ever given is he ever given an actual name besides flamo no, just Flamo. No, just right. Flamo. <laughs> he just appears. He looks, you know, which sounds like a very derogatory term. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it sounded like Whammo, which made all the frisbees back in the seventies. So that was my first thought. Flamo, Whammo, whatever. Um, 
but you know, it, it was almost like General Zod, where he escaped from the Phantom Zone inside the Sun and was going. You know, he's like, well, I can't become the Supreme Alderman of the Sun, so I'm gonna go burn down your planet. Yeah. So I was. I have heard the word alderman or the title alderman many, many times. It seems to be in a lot of like science fiction, but I never really knew what it was. Like, a, I, I wanted to look it up to see what it actually meant in the real world. I mean, the only city like I know that has them is like Chicago. In Chicago, it's a big fucking deal. Like Barack Obama, I believe, used to be an alderman in some district in Chicago. So it's similar to a city councilman. Yes, it's a member of a municipal assembly or council in many jurisdictions founded upon English law. Uh, it says the term may be titular denoting a high-ranking member of a borough or city council, a council member chosen by the elected members themselves rather than by a popular vote, or a council member elected by voters. So yeah, it's really just a, a high-ranking member of some kind of assembly or council. So but it, I'm glad you I, dug into that because I was yes, curious. I wanted to know the actual definition of what an alderman was and where I the just, word, word came from. I like that they leaned into it so hard. I enjoyed that because mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, on the face of it, it sounds like a preposterous title. I mean, it doesn't, it sounds less a preposterous than like minority whip, but yeah. which, which <laughs> sounds like a really, really not appetizing ice cream flavor, but um, you know, that that's, they were just like, well, that's, that sounds preposterous to begin with. So we'll just make that what it's about in the sun. Um, yeah. It's like, you have to wonder what other names were on the, on the board there in the writer's room for, for what position they wanted these guys to hold. All right. them just had that certain je ne sais quoi to it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Flamo kind of looked like the logo for Spitfire skate gear. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he did. <laughs> I thought the same thing. But his, but his animation involving him mostly was pretty good too. You know, yeah. like they did a good job with the flame stuff. Honestly, until the solar being showed up later in the episode, like they look pretty like, you know, Moltar-esque, but like the rest of it was all pretty good. Um, Do you think they made him blue because like blue is the least hot part of the flame? Isn't the hot, like, it's the hottest part. Blue was the hottest part. Yeah. Shows how it's much like I the know inside. I mean, inside I don't know why don't why know. he was blue and the other people from the sun were orange. He was also much smaller than they were. It's true. But he'd been in prison. He hadn't been able to consume anything and gain more power. But once he finds that lava pit down in the bottom of the Planet Express office, man, and, and I guess it goes without saying, he was who was starting all the fires with Bender. He snuck back from the moon inside Bender's magical chest. The sun, not the moon, the sun. Oh, it's called the it's moon called, at night. Exactly. It's called the moon at night. <laughs> um, and, and just, uh, you know, it starts like lighting these fires with Bender being unaware of it. But I, I thought like, so when he finds the lava pit, he's like, oh, I'll go to the center of your planet. I'll go to the core and I'll just completely consume it and then I'll I'll get my wishes. And Bender in a rare, rare act of altruism is just like, nope, not gonna let it happen and takes him to the Arctic Circle. Which the surprising thing is like, oh, they still thought there was gonna be an Arctic Circle a thousand years <laughs> from now, 10 years ago. 
because I, you know, there's, there's not any more apparently. It's just oh, but maybe their high science has rejuvenated it. Hopefully, because that shit's fucked up. I like Bender inquiring how Flamo learned to speak by either maybe burning a dictionary or a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then just being trapped on that ice flow, um, which was, I mean, not that Bender's stupid. He's certainly crafty, but just like, oh, I'm going to go to the middle of water where there's nothing but frozen water. And then you can't do that. Now he was in a wooden boat. So maybe it, maybe it misstep there. But he just went about building his igloo and having a good time. And, uh, you know, Fry, once he, the, the vampire bringing the metal back to Fry and in the middle of the night, apparently, was another mm-hmm. beautiful touch on the vampire bank. But yes. like, so the, the, his metal was in a safe deposit box at the vampire bank. So Fry realizes, like, oh, wait, you know, Bender would never ruin his own possessions his own valuables <laughs> like why would he set a fire and, and melt his own valuable well especially if he, the idea is that he's doing this for the glory of it he wouldn't destroy yeah. the icon of that glory he's received yeah. right yes and then so, he uses find my robot find my robot <laughs> have you it was, uh, it was not 99 cents it was free but it's got ads on it which seems fair it is fair. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been on the receiving end of uh, find my iPhone malfeasance? Mm-mm. I ha- I have. How so? I, uh, someone exercised a lack of boundaries mm, okay. to snoop on me and then started pinging my phone just to be shitty. Mm. So when you do it and it's just like, you get like, you know, the, the fucking deep, deep water siren from a submarine oh yeah going off and to have that happen unexpectedly and in mixed company uh not not fun don't do don't do that to someone snoop on your own time hire a private dick you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) do it the old-fashioned way yeah i could i couldn't have a problem with somebody if they hired a private dick to spy on me i'd be like all right more power to you that's pretty cool i like your style good move yeah, like I feel, I feel like a regular. Have all the dirt you want. Like, like, can I call you Columbo? Like, what? <laughs> I feel like they're hurting right now too because of coronavirus. All the private dicks. Private dicks. I think there's I a mean... lot of hurting dicks right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think a lot of private dicks have gone public on various <laughs> inter- internet platforms over this break because you gotta you gotta do it somehow. I'm a little sad that the Lady G stuff didn't continue. Um, <laughs> the, the, but Flamo, like, insisting that a polar bear will come along sometime and better be like, polar bears don't burn. I've tried a number of times. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, when, when, so I guess Bender gives his explanation about Flamo and Fry just doesn't believe him, which is, again, another kind of preposterous story turn because Fry's really dumb. That's been established. He says, that's not a flame creature, it's your pilot light. But since when did Bender ever have a pilot light? (laughs) Why would he need one? (laughs) Exactly. And since when is Fry familiar at all with Bender's engineering? Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like it's Fry being dumb. Yeah, it's not done well, but I think it's just Fry being dumb. Well, I, 
you know, in the, just the expediency of the plot points you have to hit within 22 minutes. Right. And the one yeah. I, I was thinking of before was also the fire at the podium. You know, it's, it's just the cartoon logic of it, but also the breakneck pacing of these mm -hmm. shows. Right. Like, Where'd this fire come from? Doesn't matter. They need to, another example of a fire for them to put out. And it needs to happen right now. Let's just, I mean, look, there was enough time to talk about the baby in the fire though. Well, that's a good, you got to get the jokes. You got to hit that joke that quota over and over and over. You can't just bog down with plot, right? Uh, so, the pilot light <laughs> reversal with Fry. I, I, I liked uh, just, you know, that there was a give and take going on, at least from a plot perspective, that he does believe him. He comes, okay, he kind of, so it, it wasn't the best handle, but it was something that happened quick. Right. I guess, I mean, the thing that I'm just sort of curious about is like Flamo is a being that's made out of flame. So when he sneaks back on Fry on the Planet Express ship, he's like in the cuff of his jeans. And like, how can Flamo not burn the shit that's flammable that he comes into contact with? Because he's made out of fucking fire. I got questions about Flamo too. And also him being blue and also just sort of his, uh, he seems somewhat slippery. You know, he's... Yeah. He's sliding around a lot. It makes mm -hmm. me think of uh esoteric reference here, but the, the blue fire in uh, Zelda games has like a cold touch, but it can oh, still yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I thought was like blue fire from Ocarina of Time when I saw it show up. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. From the Macarena of Time? <laughs> the Macarena of Time, that's right. <laughs> I I I just have an NES classic and I never learned about video games behind anything that's like uh, after that platform. I think that's where I got blue cold is was the yeah because it's cold it's cold but it's still of. it's weird yeah. in that in that fiction it's a cold color but it's thermally hot man just saying <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why Jimi Hendrix's original band was called Jimmy James and the Blue Flames because they were so hot but cool looking but cool exactly it's like a McDLT. <laughs> um, and, and the, the, the outcome of all this is Flamo sets uh, the Planet Express building on fire. Um, he hitches a ride back with Fry. Right. And he so, gets but, out of Bender's chest cavity and goes back to Earth. But Bender's nowhere to be found. Now, uh, Leela's saying it's Deaky, Freaky Deaky. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I I loved it, and and mostly because the only two times I remember that phrase being used on a you know major television show, there's this, and then there was one on on Thirty Rock, where uh, it's early early on in the series, and Tracy Jordan comes in and sits down with the writers to be like, okay, this is how it's gonna be. I'm just I got a character called Biscuit. Write something about that. He just starts like rattling off ideas of the writers that are just complete non sequiturs with no context. He goes, Freaky Deakies need love too. Freaky Deakies need love too. And that's like, <laughs> I remember this. It's, and it's perfect. It's perfect. Like it's such a good phrase and it doesn't get used at all anymore. It's really got to get brought back into the vernacular. And certainly no one emphasizes the Deaky part. Yeah, right. it's deaky. Freaky deaky. <laughs> right. I mean, like, if, if we are not living in a time that is both deaky and freaky right now, I don't know what the fuck we are doing. Because this is the epitome of that shit. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and I guess it's like this denouement in the episode just happens really fast when Bender flies back from the Arctic. But Fry 
hanging from the roof in his underwear with i made a rope out of my clothes and then this and fire, then this fire started yeah that was a good one don't lose hope fry what kind of coffin do you want <laughs> what what was Fry doing making a rope out of his clothes and then a fire started have you have you ever made a rope out of your clothes or yes. sheets or something for what purpose okay roping i used to <laughs> i used to I used to like uh, when I was a teenager sneak on the buildings and like go explore rooftops and stuff, you know, just yeah. like around the suburbs, like commercial buildings and stuff like that. And I was with a friend of mine. We had uh, hopped up like a dumpster that got us to the next wall. And then we were just like a whole tiered building with like ladders and drop offs and stuff. So just like and a ziggurat sort of situation? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we had dropped down into like this lower tier and when we were doing our return to make our exit that tier that we had dropped down from was like too high up to get to so we were like stuck in this in this recess in the middle of this like rooftop landscape God. so i i had to like hoist him up so he could reach the top but then he couldn't like reach down to get me so there was a there was a clothing rope involved in order to oh get my god this, this <laughs> that's, I mean, I otherwise that, would have been stuck in america's parkour fails <laughs> <laughs> that's i've never had to do that i uh i've had to like turn my pants into a an inflatable floater in lifeguard class where you're like you're like hey jump in the jump in the pool with your clothes on now take your pants off and turn it into a floaty. And it's like, you got to go under there and blow into it and stuff. Like there's some sadistic fucks out there, man. You do the overhead swing, right? Is you take your pants off, you tie the ankles together. Yep. And then you grab the waist and like thrust it down. Yeah. And it catches all the air and you hold that underwater. And you Just like if you're trying to, Boy Scouts. if you're trying to make farts in the pool and you like push down water real far and then it like comes back up. It's the same pre premise, you know? Mm. You're, you're forcefully pushing a gas through a liquid and then it has to come back up because gravity. As, as mentioned before, gravity's a bitch. Um, and Fry is making a rope out of his clothes just because what Fry does on his own time is his business? Yep, Th that's what I went with. I, I you know, like I've probably just there. done weirder things. Maybe in my he room, was watching sure. something on TV that like a prison escape and they made a clothes out of stuff yeah. and he was just like you know what i could do that and then he starts doing it and then a fire breaks out but it's, it's doubly <laughs> funny because they sure certainly demonstrate how little distance he's getting out of that rope made from him right. yeah, yeah. He's it's, got it's about literally just like maybe. his jacket and his pants <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about fry's height in distance yeah. right i mean and you'd hope that the seams would hold on that like they must be pretty worn he's been wearing the same clothes for 120 some episodes um but when bender comes to put out the fire and capture flamo they fall down through all of the ceiling so i didn't know they had the the was a professor was it uh farnsworth's lanes they they fall yeah. through like a bowling alley they mm -hmm. fall through like a disco or something like these other rooms that you've seen and then they get to the lava pit in the basement and Flamo just jumps right in. Like, all right, thanks. You got me there. And and Fry stumbled, like, well, being in there with him because Bender grabbed him 
as Bender's trying to explain it to him, his line about all the lava in the world won't wash away your lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, like that really, really got me. Um, but then the rest of it, it was just like one of those things like, okay, we hit 20, 21 minutes. Let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. You know? So out of nowhere appears the uh, mystical alderman of the sun. Yes. <laughs> and they re-imprison Flamo or whatever his name is. And that's it. <laughs> no, well, they, they, they tell Bender that he is the greatest hero the planet yes. has ever known. Suck and it, no Gilgamesh. one will ever know. Yes. Suck it, Gilgamesh. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Um, and, and you know, as as it's zooming out and the episode's resolving, like with the entire Planet Express building is completely in ruins, and Scruffy's just outside with a broom, just kind of like sweeping at the rubble. I love that. He's just, you know, he's just like, well, it ain't a turlet and it ain't boiler, so I can't fix it. But he's just <laughs> just brushing away on the sidewalk, and then. Bender convinces Fry to tell a lie about the whole thing that he set the fire himself. Which is, Which is uh, good. It's a nice, it's a nice little yeah. conclusion. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Lila brings back Gilgamesh as well for rapid fire callback. Yeah, praise happens, Gilgamesh. Yeah. <laughs> it happens not like a minute and 30 after we first hear it. but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's funny is I just got to the Gilgamesh level of words with friends today. Like that all happened at once, man. It was psychedelic. Of all the heroes in Earth's history, Bender goes to Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh At yeah. what point does does Bender drop the great? Uh, oh no, you pro- probably don't. Oh, that was when they were. Escape. That was when Flamo first says he's gonna blow up the Earth in a mini Nova, and he. That's when Bender says, "Oh no, you probably don't." <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one. That one might enter my lexicon a little bit. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of good quotes in this. I mean, even with a minimal amount of Zoidberg, like he was 100% gold when he showed up on this. It's, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with this episode as, you know, as we've aforementioned on previous recent episodes, a lot of sort of like, it gets down to time to do the notes for the show. And I get real like, well, here's another obligation. But when I sat down and did it today, it was, it was nice enjoyed it mm. and then we got to come in here to this virtual chat room have a nice you know conversation talk about nonsense and meat and stripper poles <laughs> i mean it's almost got like i kind of i was always fascinated with the whole sliding down a pole thing number one because they have a bunch of like uncles and my grandfather were firefighters but two because of the adam west batman show and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and yeah, for sure. But the bat pole, for sure. Because you change costumes on the way down. <laughs> which, I, did he have, like, the tearaway pants or something going on? You know, like, that just, that seems like it would be painful, there, unless... There's also a great Venture Brothers episode. It's one of the more recent ones with Captain Sunshine. Hank uh, runs away from home and... Uh, Captain Sunshine kind of uh, adopts him, which is there's all kinds of like underlying like pedophilia references, like like a real but, Chris D'Elia situation. No, slightly different, <laughs> and a cartoon and not real life. Okay. Um, but there's a a great joke where 
Hank's going to bed and the butler gives him like a tube of lube and he says like you're gonna want this and Hank is like what for and the butler says I recommend or he says like apply it to your buttocks and inner thigh that is the recommended area of application then the next morning you find out it's so that he can slide into his suit like in the morning his bed like tilts and then he, Hank slides down a slide and like gets thrust into his like Captain Sunshine or whatever the whatever his like equivalent of Robin is for Batman and Robin. He like slides into a suit and the lube was so that his like butt wouldn't get chafed. He's like, wow, I'm sure I'm glad for that lube. I mean, <laughs> if if only Ross had thought that far along on Friends, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh God, we we made it through another. Mm-hmm. I it, mm. I counted today, eight left. Yeah, eight left. That's a that's a crazy accomplishment, gang. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Tim Cornette said the same thing, and we really don't want to be praised for it because it's just <laughs> it's like you fucking dumbasses stayed after well past your sale by date. Yeah, I was it's checking out obsessive. our numbers. I was checking out our numbers the other day on Libsyn and we're not doing too bad. We still have some people listening, like a good worthy I amount am, of people. I am, and I feel I don't have any regret speaking for, for the two of you. Infinitely grateful. Really. No, I am if, too. I if, mm-hmm. if you're if you're still listening to the show and coming along on this stupid journey, we appreciate you. Send us some notes on the email or maybe a text message or something once in a while though, huh? Yeah. Don't what's wrong? Don't you want to talk to your podcast? <laughs> no, really. I, it, it is a hell of an accomplishment. And, you know, when you start this thing, it's like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the way, right? What's the point otherwise? You got to hit every single one. I'll tell you this, Jeff. If there's something in, in this life that you really, really love and want to, talk about for a long time and tell the world about it um it's the best way ever to make you fucking hate that thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's it's like it's when you when you turn it when you turn it into a job it becomes something different And, and and you know it's the best part of this is the conversation with tom and michelle and with our guests, that's super fun. The 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 Futurama part is, has just become like, all right, here's our here's our thing that we need. Maybe it was always that way, but it's like now it's like, boy, I wish we could just record this without having the damn show. And I don't. I, and then <laughs> then I think we we'd finally see those listener numbers dwindle to zero. <laughs> it it gives us a reason to get together to do this <laughs> exactly. Uh. Uh, well, uh, thank you again for coming on, Jeff. What yeah, aside from? Uh, well, I guess tell people where they can find Public Access Three Thousand. What it is? It's been talked about before on the show, but what else are you working on now? Uh, well, Public Access Three Thousand is a sci-fi sketch comedy show. So I think people who like Futurama, might, it's not it's not the exact same style of humor, but there is a lot of sci-fi parody stuff going on and fun yeah. stuff with it. So I think people might enjoy that. And then it's sketch comedy that parodies like television. So there's a lot of commercials and different TV genres that we lampoon throughout. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel, which is Aldous Mustache. So youtube.com slash Aldous Mustache. Uh, 
and it's broken up into three episodes on there. So it's three 22 to 25 minute episodes uh, of some pretty out there sketch comedy that's all Cleveland made, all cast and crews Cleveland, and it's very, very, very DIY and very low budget. But I like to think watching it, you can't tell just how low budget. No, the, the, the production value is very good. And then the other part of it that kind of struck me because I would I would like live watch it and just text Michelle random shit drunk at like late <laughs> hours You're like oh this one's good um, the the framing of the episodes is very similar to it's almost like a dystopian Mister Show Ooh. you know where like you've got this wasteland thing and the mutants and whatever that are kind of around and that's sort of the thread that runs through things as these sketches come in and out but it does tie everything together in the way that a Bob and, and David episode sort of would, where it's got that framework or even going further back to, you know, Python did that a lot too, where you'd, you'd have all this non sequitur shit and they'd find a way to like join it up at the end and make it work. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like you like, you know, mostly you're just there for the gags, right? And you can just mm -hmm. do non sequitur gags. But there's just a sense of a complete meal when the 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 bow gets tied at the end, you know. And, however you get there. Yeah, but it, it's it's very well done. I, I recommend it. Um, yeah, I mean Michelle was in it, and Michelle you know, did a lot on it. She was script supervisor on a number of the sketches. She acts in a number of them. She's always always our our go to rock star for these things. So. Oh but, yeah. But Tom just you know he's got a menagerie to manage. So uh, Tom, you should watch it too. I know I need I haven't yet and I need to. Um, well, uh, so that was I guess when did you do the release of that? It was about a year ago. The the original, the premiere, premiere. that we did was yeah that was May last year. And what's has like I would assume the group hasn't been getting together. But what are you all? Sort Actually, of we all on live now? together. So yeah. our, our whole group is under one roof. Oh uh, my not god! Our whole, there's one of us who doesn't live under the same roof, so we've taken wow. over three floors of a building, and we we all live in the same spot together. Oh um, my god! So there were some other um, sketch groups who were doing some online quarantine type stuff. Uh, Flamingo City was is one of them. They're they're a two man group, and they were doing an online quarantine sketch show where they were getting the different Cleveland groups to shoot some stuff, and they're they're rules were like do everything in quarantine you know mm. um it couldn't be any sort of pre-canned thing and uh and so we did two shows of that with them and those were fun so we've shot some stuff here um but i'm fine to to take a break you know i'm not working uh i've been i've been writing stuff i'm just trying to get enjoy a different phase of the process rather than keep putting stuff up there i'm a little exhausted by the rat race and the internet is not my favorite place right now so uh, no it's a fucking trash fire yeah and you just it becomes a self-perpetuating loop when you put stuff into the internet then you like look to see how it's doing and then you you're submerged in all the other trash and it just i'm trying to cut myself out of that at least for now a little bit um i'm you know so i'm I mean, not as interested in putting stuff out there and then seeing how it's doing i'll just sit back and write and kind of get my ducks in a row a little bit maybe you guys could do like a flash mob at the bandstand at lakewood park or something and just go up there and start doing shit and then leave 
you know, like as soon as the cops get called, be like, all right, thanks everybody. Good night. And, and run off, you know, like that. I don't know. I I'm full of good ideas that other people could make themselves rich. Comedy is a weird one right now. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out how to keep it going locally and whatnot. And it's, it's, it's strange, you know, being in a small room laughing a lot is a weird thing. Right. right now. Well, and even talking to comics, we've had um, we had Bill Squire on. I think after the quarantine started, we had Tim Cornette on the last episode, and it's like they do those Zoom comedy shows. But when you aren't getting the feedback from the audience, like it 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 just breaks the rhythm. It kind of fucks you up. Like you're not like if you're a stage comic, then that's kind of how it works. That's with. When SNL were, was doing the SNL at home, I don't know yeah. if anybody watched it. I did. Um, it's it's a lot of it was really good and they did very well, but Weekend Update was very awkward without the audience reaction to the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have that, and then it's that's really hard as a I think to do it on. Well, I I mean I think John Oliver else is there. John Oliver has been doing a fantastic fucking job, but even then it's like he wasn't he wasn't feeding off audience participation so much. You know what I mean? Like there were times, especially in the earlier episodes, where he'd kind of either miss a beat because he wouldn't pause for people actually laughing that weren't there with him. So how would he know? Or mm-hmm. he'd kind of give it a little more breathing room. But but the quality of that show has just been consistently good, even though it's now like him in a closet in his house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they're all doing that. Like um Seth Myers is in his attic and and uh what's his name? Uh Jimmy Fallon was doing it from his house and they uh Stephen Colbert's doing it from his office and every all those late night hosts are are working without an audience now and kind of trying to figure that out. Yeah, I, I, there's uh, Ramon Rivas, um, you know, former guest and, and Cleveland comedy impresario, I guess. Like, he's been booking these outdoor drive-up comedy concerts. Um, he, you know, he was a little bit west of the city. And I've got to think that, like, you know, it's like compared to trying to do, like, a concert, like a, a music concert that way, that almost seems like that might even be viable. You know, you get your lawn chairs, you sit outside your car away from people, but as long as the PA is spread out and you can still close the loop, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's... Chappelle's been doing it. Yeah. Oh, he's God. Got a, he's got a weekly show, right? I think he's doing uh, it every... Is he? Yeah. Uh, my, my cousin went to... I mean, he did the 846 special, right? And I think right. that was what he kicked it off with. But he, I'm pretty sure, has been hosting weekly shows uh, at his house at, they're in his front at yard that, at that venue whatever that venue is and where, where he lives um now my cousin went to one of them i guess it's like the michelle wolf's like like living with him right now because she got oh. stuck in the whole situation really uh, so he's been hosting stuff and having having people on his little show that he's doing there i don't know if you saw the special the way they had everything oh set yeah up. yeah i mean it was i mean it was fantastic Hor- horrible yeah it was not funny but it was really good no yeah and and it's you know he's he's definitely coming in on a a Richard Pryor like Bill Hicks kind of tradition of just like burn the shit down whatever and whatever people's uh criticisms of him are whether they're you know I'm not 
getting into the validity or whatever about it, like there's more good than bad with him. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that he's still doing this shit. And I think like those shows are free. They're just invite only. And he, I mean, I've, I've worked jobs close to where he lives. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere, Ohio. It's like, it's between Dayton and Cincinnati. So it's, it's really just rural wherever. Um, so he's just, he's setting up these venues, this, this thing in his front yard has people come in, he locks up their cell phones. He does a 20 minute set and then off they go. Be fucking rad. Yeah, it seems like a a system, you know. And at least now with you know weather, you, the outdoor stuff is certainly more accommodating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it true that the Autorama in North Ridgeville is the number five theater in the nation? I heard this. Yeah. That is the that is <laughs> yep. the wildest thing. They made they like topped some kind of uh like profitability something the night that they the first night they did jaws and jurassic park or that saturday mm-hmm. i think I Tom, were you there saturday yeah yeah you were there yeah. and i was there but i didn't see you i did I see, didn't see uh i saw a friend of the show george dunn and he told me that you were there yeah i saw him but he walked away and and then yeah yeah he said he saw you but couldn't find you like he saw you and then went to talk to you and then couldn't find you to talk to you and then like uh Lydia went with me and we drove past George looking for a place to park and I was like George done how, how <laughs> was it was it, was it popping on. there was it set up well it was so busy but you were you had to park between like they made you park between poles uh-huh. so every every other white pole or whatever was where they told us to park so everybody's cars were six feet apart you could still sit outside but you have to have a mask on if you cannot touch your car like if you're outside of your car and you can't immediately put your hand out and and like touch your vehicle you have to have your mask on it's like concession is completely different um everything was kind of it was very busy but i kind of just yeah. thought it was because it was jaws and jurassic park and it's the only theater open and people wanted to yeah do something go out and I do mean, something re- yeah the reason why we went is because it was like i was like we haven't done something let's go do something mm-hmm. oh jaws and jurassic park are playing at the drive-in perfect and we went and mm-hmm. my battery died three quarters of the way through jurassic park which was the second movie. Uh, yeah. What is the technique for keeping your battery going? They have jump, like you can go like ask somebody and they'll come jump your car. And since there was only maybe 25 minutes left, if that, I just left my car running while we finished watching the movie. You're not supposed to yeah. have your car running. Yeah. But there were other people just like the last like few minutes. Like it's, it's really, I mean, you're, you're sitting there for like four mm-hmm. hours. So, yeah, yeah, I usually like, start if I'm the one that drives. I usually start my car after the first movie and let it run for a while during the intermission. Yeah, then I'll turn yeah. it back off, and then like right before the the second movie starts, I'll turn it back on again, let it charge up the battery, and then I'm I've never had a a battery die issue. I mean that's that's like the whole thing is like just a different locale. Like this weekend, my my girlfriend and I are going to Pittsburgh overnight. We have uh, uh, tickets for the Warhol Museum, which have been like, you get to go in at this time in a group this big and you're out at the, you know, it's like masks, everything else. Yeah, that's a really cool museum. I can see how that museum would be easy to um, 
socially distance in because it's a lot of individual rooms and it's really tall. Yeah. So you're going every like decade of his career is another floor up or down. I don't remember if it starts at the top and goes down, goes if down. it starts at the bottom, it goes up. I can't remember which way it is, but I think you, you go up and you progress through like first floor is his childhood. Second floor is when he's a teenager. Third floor is like when he goes to school, like college. And then it just, yeah. it's yeah. all of his But then there's, there's a floor where they change what is the thing in there. Well, but but then we're staying in a hotel and just like we're gonna be in a fucking hotel room all night. But it's a different four walls than what we're used to, you know. Yeah. Like just to do something else is really. Are you really staying at the in. the Wyndham that has the the keys with Tormund Giant's bane on it? <laughs> no, I'm staying at I'm staying at the Embassy Suites, Ooh. and I'm gonna flex my Hilton Diamond status that I haven't used at all this year. Now the thing about that is. They have a manager's reception with free drinks in the evening Ooh. and free fancy breakfast. as hell. Yeah. So like free drinks and me, and <laughs> to be honest, and my girlfriend too, it's just like, we'll, we'll take that challenge. Oh, wow. we'll, well, we'll, we better end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a, we'll get a policy changed. Um, so uh, you, you, you gave the YouTube channel before all this mustache is a L D O U S M U S T A C H E. You nailed it. Perfect. Um, any other places to find you guys or that's really the, the hub. YouTube's where you'll find all our, our main stuff, but we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just slash Aldous mustache. Beautiful. Uh, we're, we're similarly on Facebook as Slurmcast. Also, Twitter and Instagram at SlurmcastPod. You can email us at slurmcastpod at gmail.com. You can, you, you holdouts that are still downloading us every time we put an episode out and listen to it, I hope, send us a nice message. Send us a text at 216-438-1077. Send us a picture of you listening to the podcast. And then we, we can put them up in the Libsyn page go. or something. Um, maybe you'll win a prize. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might be some cough drops from my desk here. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, rate and review us on iTunes. Have a great summer. Stay safe. Stay well. Wear your mask. Don't be a fucking idiot. You know, mm -hmm. the usual. Mm -hmm. I guess mm -hmm. that's it, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to talk about, right? Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs>